The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. The Bills lose on Monday Night Football 24-22 to the Denver Broncos. Ball comes out and goes over the sideline, or is it over? It's turned over. Over the middle, it's a bullet. It's off the hands of Gabe Davis and intercepted by Justin Simmons. Back to pass, has time. Fires down the left sideline, and it's picked off. Nine seconds, nine seconds, eight. Here's the snap, hold is down. Kick is on the way, there's a flag on the play, and it's no good. What's the flag? 12 men on defense, five yard penalty, still fourth down. So the field goal was no good, but it's negated by 12 men on the field. Kick is up, and it is good. At the gun, the Denver Broncos have won here in Buffalo. Whoa. So what went wrong at the end of the game? You heard it there. Game was won and it was lost. Little flag on the field. Here's head coach Sean McDermott. We practiced two or three times that this week. The substitution from dime to field goal block. And at the end of the day, we didn't execute it. So it's inexcusable. Josh Allen, um, what's next? Things aren't going great. You know they're not going great. You got to rely on the, the men in this locker room and the leaders in this locker room and got to play better football. Yeah, I'm still confident, but it's no secret. The clock's ticking. Got to have some urgency now. You know they're not going great when everyone's kind of talking like this. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's how it went. Yikes. What a Bills game. Uh, and uh, for everyone who's waking up in a couple hours, what a Bills game, right? Yeah. Um, Bills fall to 5-5 five and five on the season, and they have to get right back to it. No relief yet. Back at home Sunday, it's a 425 kickoff against the New York Jets. You know what I was thinking this morning? Remember early in the year, and we were talking uh, to probably Sal about the schedule came out. The Bills are playing in London. You know, the schedule comes out. Oh, they're playing in London. I just assumed that every team, after they went to Europe, got a bye the next week. And Sal told us, well, that's the team's option. You don't have to take the bye the next week. And the Bills didn't, you know. So their bye isn't for another... A couple weeks here. Right. Probably should have taken that by after (laughs) London when things started to unravel. Unravel. And now it's just day after day or week after week uh, with this team. It's like they beat themselves last night. They, um, you know, almost literally did uh, with that last second field goal. We talked with Sal. uh, What's next with this build? Where should expectations be now? Are they going to make the playoffs? All that still to come here on WBEN. Two people were struck last night outside the stadium. Shortly before kickoff, a 65-year-old man from Rochester was struck by a vehicle on Southwestern Boulevard. A gray Toyota Camry with Indiana license plates left the scene with a damaged windshield. The victim was pronounced dead on arrival at ECMC. Multiple reports say the suspected vehicle was later found in the city of Buffalo. A second pedestrian was struck later last night around 10 o'clock near the stadium at Abbott and Mile Strip. The victim is at ECMC with serious injuries. It's 5.05 on WBEN. What's next? After Congressman Brian Higgins announced he'll leave the House, WBEN's Brayton Wilson takes a look at the process both parties are going through 
starting now. Erie County Democratic Party Chair Jeremy Zellner says with Brian Higgins no longer seeking re-election this upcoming year, the party will now get ready to conduct interviews and endorsements for anyone who may be interested in running for the seat in Congress. We're endorsing for the seat prior to any special election nominations that we would have anyway, so I assume whoever we endorse is also going to get our nomination. So it's a two-fold situation here. You've got the endorsement for the campaign for next year, and then if there is a vacancy in February, there'll be a nomination by the party chair in Niagara County and myself to nominate a Democrat to go on that ballot. While Zellner is unsure whether or not Governor Hochul will declare a special election for NY26, if that does happen, it means the Democrats and Republicans will have the opportunity to choose one person from their parties to go up against one another in election for the remainder of Higgins' term in 2024. That winner will likely then have to win two more elections, first the primary and then the general election in November to assume the role in Washington for next term. How much could it cost candidates on both sides of the aisle for the potential of three separate elections in the same year? Republican strategist Carl Calabrese says it could be a very expensive price tag. It could be a congressional campaign times two or three if the situation works out that way. So it's going to cost a lot of money. No question about it. You better be able to raise, if not a million, close to it. When it comes to the list of names potentially in the running on the Republican side for the congressional seat in NY26, Calabrese says two names that could have significant shot is State Senate Minority Leader Rob Orton, former State Senator Ed Rath. They're experienced political folks. They've raised money. They've won campaigns. So they would certainly be at the top of my list. But I wouldn't rule out other elected officials that might represent large towns or county legislative districts. There's lots of Republican county legislators in Niagara County. So those would all be folks I'd want to talk to and get their feelings about basically how much fire in the belly they have to make this kind of run. Because it could be a very long, intense, emotionally draining, financially draining year for anybody. WBEN reached out to the Erie County Republican Committee regarding this story but did not receive a response. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. There is growing concern about a possible government shutdown later this week that could spell chaos for millions of Americans planning to travel during the holiday season. Without a deal in Congress to avoid a shutdown this Friday night, air traffic controllers and TSA workers could be forced to work without pay. The concern is many could call out sick in protest, taxing the already overburdened system. House Speaker Mike Johnson has submitted a plan to keep the government funded through January, but it does not include money for Israel or Ukraine, and it does not include spending cuts that many Republicans want. At least nine Republicans oppose Johnson's bill, but Democrats could throw Johnson a lifeline. That's Andrea Fujii reporting. A new code of conduct adopted by the Supreme Court, the first in the court's history. The move comes in response to mounting criticism and growing questions about some of the justices' ethics. Justices Clarence Thomas and Sonia Sotomayor are among those who've been in the spotlight recently. Thomas for his financial ties to a Texas billionaire and Republican megadona, and Sotomayor for allegedly using court staff to plan a book tour. Justice Alito also came under fire, accused of not reporting a luxury vacation on a private jet. All right, well, uh, since those complaints, now you have this new code of conduct that's Derek Dennis, that code does not include a mechanism for enforcement, which uh, hmm. is generally important when you yeah. have a list of rules. And the Beatles are making some news on the charts with the band's final song. For the first time in 27 years, the Beatles are in the top 10. Song now and then debuts at number seven on the Billboard Hot 100 Singles chart. Last time the group was in the top ten was 1996, 
the song Free as a Bird. That's the longest gap between top tens, and it extends the Beatles' record for the most top tens by a group and the most Hot 100 entries by an act other than the cast of the TV show Glee. The Beatles have 72 top 100s. Glee has 207. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. Uh, have you heard the uh, Beatles song? Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> It's not like it doesn't just it doesn't hit you over the head. I, it's what we always talk about, right? It, there's a reason this was an unreleased demo yeah. back in the day. You know, that's uh, you can dress they it up knew. however you want, <laughs> right. but it's still going to be that. It was a work in progress probably at the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's always nice to have them back in the news. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Clouds this morning can wait to sunshine. Cooler today with temperatures in the mid-40s. Tonight's partly cloudy. Overnight lows in the mid-30s. We head into your Wednesday becoming sunny. Upper 50s close to 60 on Wednesday. Near 60 again on Thursday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aramankowski. Let's head over to Jack O'Donnell. O'Donnell and Associates were looking at the vacated seat, well, I should say soon to be vacated, by Congressman Brian Higgins and what happens next. Jack, thanks for joining us. All right, now that everything's official, people are starting to line up to replace Congressman Brian Higgins. And it's interesting, and I think it would be surprising to a lot of people to see how exactly this works. This isn't going to be like a typical election with a primary where you can pick the candidate and so on and so forth. The party has a lot of power here, doesn't it? It does. Good morning. Um, so Congressman Higgins' resignation, when it becomes effective, will mean that the governor will call a special election. And special elections are very different beasts Uh the, the local parties will choose their candidates, and as you mentioned, there's no primary. Now, that said, with a February resignation, um, depending on that day, the governor then has 10 days to call an election, call the special election. It's supposed to be between um, 70 and 80 days thereafter, um, you know, which, which puts us into the early spring. So there will be a primary in June, um, so we may have somebody who serves in this seat um, who's elected for a month or, or, or six weeks before there is a primary. So expect a, a, a lot of uh, TV ads and direct mail coming up. Yeah, and for someone who might be interested in getting into this race for the special election, it might not just be a special, but actually three elections next year, right? Because it'd be the special, the June primary, and then the November election. Absolutely. I mean, we saw this a couple of years ago um, a- after Chris Collins, um, you know, gave up his seat. Um, uh, Congressman um, Jacobs at the time won a special election on the same day um, as the the primary, um, and and uh, it also had a, 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 a November election. Um, Congressman Joe Morelli in nearby Rochester um, did the same thing uh, just a couple of years ago as well. Now, it, this isn't to say that the people won't have a say, but what sort of advantage? Um, so if the Democratic Party chooses somebody, that person presumably wins the general election uh, because that has gone to the Democrat for many, many years now. What sort of advantage does that person who's now a sitting congressman have over 
anyone else who said, I want to give it another go. I didn't win the party's nomination. Let me try in a primary. Well, absolutely. Any, anybody who, who is chosen, uh, right, handpicked by the party bosses to, to win a special election, you know, you, you do get a leg up by, by being a member of Congress, right? And, and running that way, people see you that way. You're, you're on TV as a member of Congress, um, and it raises your stature. So it's, it's absolutely uh, an advantage. You know, we're looking at a, a special election probably in April, Right. And there's already a presidential primary set for April 2nd in New York state. What is the chance, do you think, that the special election for Higgins seat will be held on April 2nd? Um, You know, this is where it gets really interesting and it's going to come down to what what day he resigns and when the governor calls it. I I think it makes a lot of sense to uh, align the special election with the primary Right. The, the taxpayers are already paying for um, polling inspectors and people to go out and paying for the election. So, you know, there is some savings in doing that. Um, there are also a whole bunch of federal rules about how close you can hold elections to each other. Um, HAVA, the Help America Vote Act, um, which really went a long way towards uh, making sure military votes were counted. Um, you know, requires that there be a certain amount of time between elections um, so all those votes can be counted, so a recount can happen. Um, And so that's where it gets, you know, it gets very interesting. It could be down to the day, um, whether it is in April 2nd or whether it has to be several weeks later. The process, all right, so a little confusing for people on how that special election is decided. It really is kind of up to the governor, and she can pick and choose how she sees fit. So that being said, does she work at all? You know, does she have an ear to the ground with the party in Erie County, the Democratic Party, and who is chosen when that decision needs to happen? Well, it, it is confusing. It, it, it is entirely up to the governor, but within some constitutional and some legal parameters, right? So, you know, the governor is the leader of the Democratic Party in New York State and is from Erie County, so I'm sure she'll have those conversations. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I think there is, um, you know, there are some guide rails around that. Um, You know, there's also a lot of talk um, about Congressman George Santos, who's under several indictments here from New York's third district. Um, And there's been a lot of talk that he might not serve out his term. um, And and as a result, there could be two special elections for Congress in New York state. So, you know, a lot of factors for for the governor to to weigh there. Jack, what kind of money do you think it would take to run a, a campaign to replace Brian Higgins if this person's looking at possibly three elections next year. And I just read that Mark Polenkar spent a million dollars on the race for Erie County Executive. Absolutely. If these are competitive races, I mean, there are so few competitive races across the country for Congress that, you know, we could easily see five or ten million dollars spent. Now, that said, you know, as mentioned earlier, this this seat has a lot of Democrats in it, um, just the way that, um, you know, uh, like the, the Langworthy seat has a lot of Republicans in it. Um, and so the, the gerrymandering of these districts makes it 
less likely that it is a competitive general election, but a lot of that comes down to who's picked and, and who's running and, and who can make a race out of it. The people who are kind of uh, lining up right now, lots of names being thrown out, among them really uh, top three, as uh, we've talked about here, State Senator Tim Kennedy, Mark Polencars, who just uh, won re-election for Erie County Executive, Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. Do you see anyone outside of those big three names that we're not talking about be kind of a, a dark horse candidate here? I don't. I mean, we've 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 heard a couple other names. You know, people are floating themselves and and their interests. But you know, those three um, elected officials both have shown their ability to 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 win tough races. Um, that's why they've gotten where they are. They've shown the ability to um, raise the money that it takes. Um, you know, I think Senator Kennedy particularly has been. Um, um, you know, people have remarked on his ability to raise money and, and build support. Um, so I think it really, you know, comes down to, to those three big players. Have you heard of anyone on the Republican side interested in, in challenging them? I have not heard any um, any credible Republican names at this point. I, I'm, I'm sure someone may come out. But again, the, the gerrymandering of these districts makes it a really tough um really tough race for a, a Republican, especially if it is one of these known quantities, one of these folks who've proven their, you know, electoral um, prowess by winning, you know, winning big elections. Well, Jack, I'm sure we'll be talking about this a lot more in the coming weeks. Jack O'Donnell, O'Donnell and Associates joining us live here on WBEM. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.